0: Hey everyone, Dan Howard here at Gunderson St. Joe's with the final GSTJ video podcast of 2020. We're here, the end of 2020 is here, let's do this. On today's show, I chat with Carrie and Michelle about the sheer breadth of specialty services we offer here at St. Joe's. I talk about our decorations and we have a wrap up of the year that was 2020. Uh, Hey, welcome back. Uh, Joining me this month is our director of clinics, uh, Kerry Krieger, and one of our providers from our specialty clinic, Michelle Gardner. Guys, how are you? Hi, we're
1: doing good. Hi, good morning, guys. We're doing good.
0: So... um, you know, pandemic is still going on, although there may be a light at the end of the tunnel. We've been talking about vaccines uh, recently in meetings. How is the pandemic going with you guys? I'm, I I, I want to know how it's affecting you.
2: Well, I would say from a clinic standpoint, we are um, feeling it on a daily basis. Um, the staff is working very hard uh, processing phone calls, patients calling into the clinics, asking questions. Um, it's definitely changed our... World um, from every aspect of healthcare. Um, Michelle can speak more to the hospital being one of our hybrid providers and seeing patients in in the hospital and the clinics. Um, there is not a part of healthcare that is not affected by this pandemic. But the staff is doing great. They're working hard, um, trying to continue the care that we need to provide for our patients. So,
0: and Michelle, you're one of those as Kerry said, hybrid providers running between clinics and then also filling in with hospitalists, like what have you, what have you been seeing?
1: Yeah. So as you guys mentioned, I do have quite a unique role that I work um, part-time in the hospital and part-time in the clinic, often working in both places in the same day. So I do, you know, help to provide care directly for our patients that are COVID-positive that that are in our hospital, um, as well as just fielding a lot of questions about people's concerns, about various treatment options, some with a vaccine now that it's coming more to the forefront, um, and, and just reassuring people, you know, the community and our patients that, It is safe to come into our building. It is safe to get care. We're doing a really, really good job of taking care of people here from everybody. You know, we don't always see the people that work behind the scenes, but their roles are just as important as the people that you see at your bedside every day. You know, for every person you see, there's several behind that nobody realizes that they're there. And um, it is, it's trying times for all of us. It's been Um, Emotionally and physically exhausting, but we're rallying together as a team and we just keep pushing forward.
0: So, what the reason why I wanted you guys on the podcast uh, this month is because um, I often run into people uh, who talk about how they're traveling to lacrosse (laughs) because they need to be done, or they're traveling to Madison. And being quite selfish for a moment, I'm the marketing guy, and that really frustrates me from a marketing point of view. Um, but uh, you know, for, from a from a you know, when, when we when we think about coronavirus, people people don't want to travel uh, as much now. They don't they, they you know, we're told to kind of. At least in the early days of this pandemic, we were told to kind of shelter in place. Don't go, don't go out if you don't need to go out. Um, and you know now we've got situations where people are traveling to La Crosse for, for care. But actually, we've got a ton of stuff here that we can do, uh, particularly in the specialty clinic. Kerry, can you break down for laypersons like me the difference between primary care and specialty care and when one person should pick one over the other?
2: Absolutely. So I always like to refer um, primary care as kind of a general contractor. So we just moved into this beautiful building and um, we're all familiar with what we had to go through and what we had to experience with our general contractors and and pulling the pieces together to put this building um into the final product. So I look at our primary care providers as that general contractor. They know the individuals, they know their bodies, they know um, their personalities, they know what they like in in providing the care um, that they receive or what types of services they want. If the patient is fully involved in decision-making or if the patient is more, tell me what you recommend. Um, the primary care providers really overall take a whole picture look at the wellness of the patient. Um, When we start looking at specialty providers, that's where your general contractor um, pulls in the plumber, pulls in the electrician, that's what your specialty providers are. They really dive down deep into each system in the body um, and provide that specialized care that patients oftentimes need.
0: And so in most cases, do you need a referral from a primary care provider to see a specialist, or can you just connect directly with those specialists?
2: Not necessarily. a lot of things have changed over the year as far as insurance coverage. Um, it really depends on the patient's insurance. Um, it really depends on what type of coverage they have and what that specific plan says. Um, so if it's a situation where a patient would need a referral, um, we would notify that patient upon calling to schedule that appointment.
0: And I, I also think it's worth mentioning that, not all visits to a specialist end up in something serious as surgery. Um, I I think there's still a stigma out there or a concern that, you know, when you go and see a specialist, somehow the issue is way worse than if you saw a primary care provider, but that's not the case, right?
1: Right, absolutely. Um, As Carrie said, you know, your family practice people are kind of your general contractor. But if you're, say, for example, specifically having a problem with your foot, and your primary care provider has a good idea, but they also know that the foot specialist, the podiatrist, might be the person to serve you best. Um, oftentimes, it's not a surgical referral. It could be, you know, just a treatment that they can provide. It could be exercises. It could be physical therapy. It could be wound care that they need. Um, but that person has, in you know, just a greater depth of knowledge in that one particular area.
0: Michelle, you're in the the specialty clinic all the time with these visiting specialists. Um, What type of specialties do we provide here at St. Joe's? Can you just kind of give us a quick overview?
1: Sure. Um, We provide a great variety of specialties. Um, Some are surgical related, so orthopedic surgery, general surgery, um, podiatry can either be surgical or non-surgical based. Um, Those that aren't as surgery-focused are cardiology, um, pulmonology, nephrology, the kidney specialists. Um, Dermatology can have some surgical component, but they often do skin cancer checks and lesion removals. Um, ENT, they're the ear, nose, and throat specialists. Um, Sleep medicine, so people with sleep apnea, um, that's a service that we provide by telemedicine. Um, Carrie, anything that you can think that I'm missing?
2: Ophthalmology. So um, we have an eye specialist that comes out. um, You know, we do cataract procedures here, but we also provide other services that are not surgical related. So, um, you know, wound care is a specialty. That's not anything related to having surgery. It's the care and management of patients with chronic wounds. Um, So, yeah, there's definitely a wide variety that we offer and we're always looking to expand
0: and the from from my point of view the guy that's kind of the fly on the wall out here because i have no medical background whatsoever but i just watch things unfold and i see i see the sheer number of people that come in to the point like we there is a there is a monday in every month that we refer to as cataract monday simply because of the the sheer volume of people that we do, Avastin injections and all of that kind of stuff. I mean, it's it's re- it's really incredible. Like again, from from a non-medical point of view, that we can we have all of these specialists that know intricate details of like these, these small systems of the body or even large systems of the body, but they can, they can delve deep into that. We have to, I was, I was talking with diabetes uh, educator Lee Rookheim uh, last month. Um, you know, she's technically a, a specialist in, in that yes. field mm-hmm. um, and our nutritionists as well. Um, it's, it really feels like uh, what don't we do here? <laughs> you know, like we have this whole smorgasbord of, of stuff that we can do. So um, given all of these all of these specialists that we've got working here, Michelle, you get to work with pretty much all of them. It's, this is gonna be a really tough question, but who's your favorite?
1: Oh man, I honestly don't think I can that. that's like asking the mom who the favorite kid is. I mean um, obviously um, You know, I work very close with our surgeons, so anybody who does surgery here, um, whether it be general surgery, orthopedics, podiatry, even our gynecologist a little, those are the people that I probably spend the most time with because I also help them in the operating room with their procedures, so... Um, you know, I'm a, I am ai was a surgery nurse for a long time, so I'm a surgery person at heart. Um, so I guess probably collectively our surgical group, if I have to pick one. But I also really enjoy um, interacting with everybody that I can that comes through. I've learned so much. They're always so willing to put up with my questions. Um, and they've really helped me a lot, which just means I can, in turn, provide better care to our patients. hmm Yeah, Yeah, I
2: would. I would add to that that we are very fortunate from our primary care perspective all the way through our specialty panel of providers. We are really blessed with the people that we have caring for our patients. They are a joy to work with. Um, They truly have concern and um, the patient's well-being at heart. Um, You know, we have um, surgeons that are driving an hour and a half, sometimes two hours to come here. And they love coming here because they know how appreciative our patients are um, mm-hmm. because they don't have the means and they don't have the resources all the time to get to La Crosse or get to Madison or get to Marshfield, wherever they're you know, going. So we're always looking for the expansion possibilities and the services that we don't have. Um, but we are very fortunate for what we have here at St. Joe's. I would
1: agree. I actually had a patient say to me yesterday, "Gosh, why everybody here is so nice? Like, why are you guys always so nice? I don't see this in other
0: places." You see, that's what I was going to say. Like, we, our team, our team is really amazing. I mean, we're, <laughs> we're, we're very lucky. We're a very small team. I, I was saying last month with Megan, our HR manager, that it's it is just kind of like family out, around here. And these specialists that come in, we may see them once a week or once a month, but it's really just an extension of the family. And (laughs) um, and you guys, you guys have got a hub down there in the specialty clinic and also in the primary care clinic where you all kind of like sit, you get to know each other, you work side by side. Um, And, you know, we can talk about the layout. We've been in this building now for like six months. How... Has the new building changed the way that we work? Because from my perspective, the difference between the old building and the new building is night and day.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. The, building, it, the building itself and the layout for the clinics was purposefully designed the way it is today. So we have um, each clinic is separated by um, hallways or exam rooms. So as you look at the second floor closest to the lake, you're going to, that first hallway is our behavioral health team. They are then partnered next to our primary care providers. Opposite the primary, opposite the behavioral health team then is our specialty team, which then transitions over to our surgical and operating. So our primary care providers are really at the central location of our behavioral health team and our specialists. So there is close contact that if they need something from one of our specialists, which often happens, a specialist is here, uh, we have a patient come in and they say, hey, I need you to look at this. This patient has something going on. We need to get him back to surgery today. Um, we've done that. We, we do it. Routinely, um, so the layout is was very strategically planned in access to what providers need, what patients need, um, and the collaboration between the team members.
1: Yeah, I would agree. And in addition, I think our specialty clinic hub is very unique. Um, we we that work out of there. We don't have individual offices. All of our specialists that visit work out of this hub. Picture, if you will, a room with what three, six, about 12, nine, ten computers in it, nine, ten desks. At any given day, you can have me, our medical assistants. You might have a general surgeon and a lung specialist and a foot doctor all working out of that space at the same time. And so they actually are all learning to get to know each other also because their rotations often interact. So it's really neat to see the collaboration and just the sharing of education and ideas and things from our specialists who honestly in lacrosse would never meet each other because they're spread out in different places. So it's really neat to see the relationships developing the longer that we've been here.
0: Any uh, funny stories to tell? You know, you, you spend a lot of time like <laughs> sat next to each other. <laughs>
2: well, I can actually tell you one from this week. Um, Dr. Janati is one of our podiatrists. She's the sweetest little thing, and um, she uh, will be, I, I'm. I mean, it's pretty obvious, so I think I'm safe to share this, but she will be expecting here in the near future, um, come January. And um, Dr. Wade, one of our general surgeons, comes at the same time. Um, often they, they partner up together, and he made a comment the other day. He said, well, the last time I saw her, I didn't notice that, but this time I definitely noticed that. <laughs> so it's, it's just there's a lot of interesting conversations um we have one of our orthopedic PAs Chad he comes in um the guy's in love with gummy bears so now there's this rolling joke that we have to have gummy bears every time he's here um they usually don't last till lunch sorry Chad I'm telling your secret here but um yeah lots of lots of good times
1: yeah yeah I think it definitely provides a good cohesive work environment you know we We take what we do very seriously, but we also have the the ability to interact and and really get to know each other, which, there again, I think just helps provide good patient care.
2: I have to say, Dan, you know, when when we look at our surgeons and we look at our podiatrists and the wound care services, diabetes education, there is a lot of intercollaborative communication going on about these patients, and it really brings the care full circle with the primary care provider right, right down the hall that we can send that information and update them. And it's really been beneficial in this building compared to the old because it was opposite ends of the building oftentimes. So there wasn't that ability to go back and forth.
0: So with the new building... Uh, you know, I, I I had the pleasure of walking uh, Dr. Peterson around uh, a couple of months back because uh, it was his first time coming to the new building. He was helping with the backlog up in Lacrosse thanks to the pandemic. Um, Dr. Peterson being a, uh, a Hillsborough, a Hillsborough born and raised a Hillsborough High School former student. Um, I know he's been talking about coming back here a little bit more because he, he fell in love with the place and was very happy with what he was seeing has there been any renewed interest in other specialists can we expect to see more specialties come in this way yes
2: yes absolutely ours um, our team overall and it's not just surgeons it's uh, non-surgical providers as well they absolutely love the new space. They love the layout. They love having the access um, and convenience for patients in the layout. Um, And we are definitely working hard. Uh, We have several providers um, expanding services. Um, Actually, I, I wouldn't even be able to list them all right now because we are the list it continues to grow on a week by week basis for me. So um, there is definitely more services coming in 2021. Dr. Peterson being one of them.
0: That's awesome. That is that is what I love to hear, and that's yeah. that's really going to provide a benefit to patients as well. Because the real goal with all of this is to bring a surgeon here or a specialist here out to, to Hillsborough, so that to, so that they can see you know. 10 to 12 patients a day out here as opposed to have those 10 to 12 patients drive all the way to lacrosse and then like i keep saying you know when you go to lacrosse for these services you don't just go to lacrosse for a service like you stop off at Target, at least my wife does, you know, calls, <laughs> And then you, you get something at Panera Bread or whatever. You stop off here, there, and everywhere. And, like, that is that is truly the hidden cost of healthcare is all of those extra little bits that you end up spending just because you have to go and get a procedure somewhere else. Whereas, you know, if we bring the service out here, you come down here, you get the service, and you, you in most cases, you're back home within within the day, uh, particularly with a lot of these, like, same-day surgeries. So, um So with coronavirus, going back to coronavirus, um, I know Gunderson's put a lot of time and effort into expanding virtual care options this year um, so that we can provide care in some capacity at least to those patients that definitely need it. Um, How have you guys been using virtual care in a specialty clinic and in primary care? Yeah, so
2: shortly after, um, I guess it would have been the Announcement of the shutdown um, back in March. Um, our team and our leadership team up in Lacrosse they started working full force. And what do we need to do to introduce um, the availability and the resources to provide the continue to provide the care that patients need? Um, patients with diabetes. Patients with heart disease, patients with wounds, patients, you know, there's a whole variety of services patients need and we can't just turn healthcare off. So virtual care is something that Gunderson jumped on board right away um, and deployed resources and we have been providing um, virtual services since the start of the pandemic or there shortly after. Prior to the pandemic, we had telemedicine, um, which isn't something that um, patients' ability to call in from home, um, but it's telemedicine in that the patients can come here to Hillsboro um, and then see their provider while their provider is still in La Crosse. Um, so endocrinology is a good example, infectious disease, hematology, oncology. Those are some of the providers that while we... The resources aren't available to have those providers come out here, um, but we use the telemedicine services to be able to um, connect the patient at a closer location than driving all the way to Lacrosse. So we definitely have expanded virtual services um, and are looking forward to what the future holds as we transition more services virtually.
0: So, Michelle, can you talk about some of these, because I know before the pandemic, we we did a demonstration with uh, Department of Health and Human Services, um, and Governor Thompson was up in La Crosse, and we did a demonstration with La Crosse uh, using telemedicine. What kind of things can these guys do from La Crosse, uh, or connect from La Crosse to, to Hillsborough? What kind of things can they do?
1: It's actually really quite amazing, all the things that we can do with telemedicine. Um, I think, as Carrie talked the pandemic has really allowed us to get a little bit more creative and actually really start to push the technology to the, you know, to the limits of what it is currently. Um, We use telemedicine a lot in the specialty clinic. We always, we have for years, um, we have some of our providers that do come in person, like our cardiology and nephrology, uh, but then they don't sometimes come in the winter because the roads are too bad. Um, And so then they can stay in La Crosse and then they can continue to provide year-round care for their patients without having to make the drive in the bad weather. Um, And so I know there's a lot of people that really look forward to that. We have a lot of people that ask about telemedicine. And I always say, if it isn't something that we can do, ask your provider in La Crosse if it's possible. We're more than willing to try to pursue that relationship. Um, We also have started using telemedicine a lot in the Hospital, which I think is really getting people more familiar with it, um, because of the pandemic and, and lots of other different reasons. A lot of our hospital patients now get care um, in person by with myself and with Andrea, one of our, one of the PAs. Um, but then it's not uncommon for them during the day, the evening, whenever to also be seen via telemedicine by the hospitalist in La Crosse. So that's allowed us also to keep some sicker people here um, and have just a good working relationship with them should patients then have to transfer. But so that allows us to do um, the telemedicine machine is equipped with a stethoscope that they can listen to heart and lungs. It's actually got a really good camera on it that they can look at skin rashes and lesions and, you know, any other areas of concern or sometimes just to look at the patient a little bit better. Um, It's got an ear thing that they can look in your ears. So it really allows them with the assistance of either the nursing staff downstairs or the medical assistants in the clinic to really help them get a good comprehensive exam so that there's no need to fear that your care will be compromised because you're not seeing someone in person.
0: I find the technology part of healthcare just so exciting and so inspiring. A few years ago, um, I wrote an article on, um, healthcare technology and kind of, this was when the Apple watch came out and this Apple watch could do things like, uh, it could check your pulse and it can measure steps and all this kind of stuff. And I just, I, I, found myself very interested in how technology that was once only available in hospitals was now kind of making its way into the home. And now we've got, you know, BMI scales that can measure, uh, body fat and water content, Uh, we got these new CGMs coming out, these continuous glucose monitors, which connect to your smartphone and do all of this kind of stuff. Michelle, what do you think healthcare technology will look like in, like, 10 to 20 years from now? Can we just kind of imagine?
1: Oh, you know, I kind of picture some, like, Jetson kind of thing going on. Um, (laughs) I think that, you know, now that... The pandemic has kind of forced us to get a little bit more creative and start to take the roof off of some of this stuff. And so I think it's going to be really interesting to see how this has had us evolve. And I think that as patients and um, providers get used to interacting with people more in their own homes, um, we've got our home monitoring systems that we're starting to implement and roll out for patients with congestive heart failure and other, you know, um disease things that they need a little bit more monitoring um, through an iPad and I don't even know what all it entails Carrie knows more about it than me but you know I think that's kind of the first step in providing a lot of home case or home based monitoring and care so that they don't have to come in that they've got something that feeds the system so to speak and they can have a conversation with their nurse or their doctor and to make their medication adjustments and things like that without having to come into the clinic all the time. Um, I think that, yeah, patients are going to just have more and more at their fingertips to be able to manage their health at home. The
2: technology advancements that have happened just within the last, I would say, five ten 10 years, um,
0: well, I guess I
2: started nursing 11 years ago, so just the technology advancements in that time frame. Um, is unbelievable. And it continues to evolve. And so we are, you know, as Michelle said, we have home monitors currently set up um, and the technology is rolling out to bring new services um, where patients have um, pulse ox, a scale a blood pressure cuff, and it Bluetooth to a tablet automatically transmits it to us, um, we can check and um, put settings on these monitors to determine is that patient within their range of what would be considered normal or is this an abnormal um, abnormal setting that we need to call and check up on this patient. Um, so those are just basic um, things, but there's more coming out. There there will be opportunities to have an otoscope and be able to look in your ear at home. There will be a lot of varieties at home for people to be able to take care of themselves at home or at least get more information to their providers through virtual means.
0: I, I remember if many years ago, before I, before I even came to this country, I worked for a, a furniture retailer Um, And I was in the bathrooms department. um, And there was a company in, uh, I believe it was uh, Japan, probably Japan, because they have some really crazy toilets over there. But they (laughs) just... this company, <laughs> this company, this company, I mean, they do, they have ones with fountains and color changing stuff. It. Um, and this company was developing uh, a smart toilet. And this was before, this was even before smartphones. And now we have smart everything. We have smart refrigerators and stuff. And this company was uh, developing a toilet that um, could analyze the content of your stool and basically give you like a rapport on your nutrition. And um, I I find that just fascinating. And and I brought this up, I brought some, I bring some of these things up in a meeting, you know, like we talked about um, testing for coronavirus and, and I said, wouldn't it be wonderful if we could have, you know, tissues or napkins that you could sneeze into and they, they went a certain color to predict if you had flu or COVID or whatever, um, you know, toilet paper that could, um, you know, give you basically the equivalent of a, of a fit test and, you know, stuff like that. And it's not to diagnose anything, but it's just kind of like that that continuous at home, you know, monitoring of health kind of thing. So I'm, I'm interested to see where all of this goes. And I think. Um, I think you're right. I think this pandemic, although it has been a tough year, I think it's pushed many of us to th- to think outside the box and think what we can do um, differently. One of the things that I hope uh, will happen is that uh, you know we always talk about the cost of healthcare. Um, how 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 does how does this impact? Uh, expense and, and, and cost of health care. Is, is seeing, to kind of wrap this up, is seeing a specialist any more expensive than seeing a primary care provider, or how does that kind of work?
2: So it really depends on the patient's insurance plan. Um, some patients have higher premiums, so they pay out-of-pocket, out of their paycheck for a higher volume which then, in turn, they have a lower deductible. Some patients pay less out of their paycheck, and therefore they have a higher deductible. Um, so primary care and the health maintenance um, you know, a lot of times those services are covered. But when you start looking at specialty services, it really depends on the patient's plan. It really depends on where they're at in meeting their deductible and meeting that maximum out-of-pocket. Um, so if a patient has questions or concerns, always the first step is contact your insurance company and ask those questions. Mm-hmm. Where am I at? What's my plan? What's my coverage? And then from there, we have people in our billing department, staff in our billing department that are very knowledgeable and wonderful to work with our patients in providing cost estimates um, in helping patients try to figure out what a cost would be. And sometimes we don't know until the patient sees the provider. You know, sometimes it's a matter of just having that initial consult and then from there getting the plan in place from that specialist. Sometimes we don't always have um, the answers right up front.
0: And, you know, with the new uh, what we used to call MICA, which is now being branded MyChat, um In my chat, I believe now that there is the ability for uh, people to request cost estimates um, kind of early on, kind of a little easier uh, doing it through your smartphone. Um, So, yeah, definitely uh, for those people watching, definitely uh, call us for cost estimates or check it out online uh, because our team are happy to do that. Very good tip there. Guys, thanks so much for coming on the show today. It's been a pleasure. Really enjoyed talking about specialty clinic. Maybe we'll try and get some of our specialists on in the future. Um, If uh, if we can have a chat with them, I'm sure it'll be interesting. (laughs) Okay, wonderful. If you guys have any questions about anything that you've heard today, uh, please drop them in the comments below and we'll see you right after this break. Thanks guys. Thank you, Dan. At Gunderson, we're committed to providing safe ways to connect you to the healthcare you need Whether it's by your side or through virtual options, we're here for you when you need us. Gunderson Health System, we're bringing love plus medicine to you. Hey, welcome back. Uh, Now, the holiday season is upon us, and uh, this time of the year can be particularly tough uh, for those who have lost loved ones uh, throughout the year. You know, this season is really about being thankful uh, for those people in our lives, the family and friends that we have and uh, remembering those that we have lost along the way. Um, This month, St. Joe's brought back the Love Lights program uh, for this very purpose. Uh, We went ahead and we purchased a 15-foot holiday tree for our main atrium and a smaller one for the clinic. Uh, And that's typically as far as Love Light programs go. However, this year, uh, we wanted to go big and bold. (laughs) Uh, We wanted to shine a light for the entire community. We wanted to let you know that we are still here, that we are thinking about you, and that we're thinking about your family, and we're thinking about everyone that we have lost this year. Um, so we went ahead and we lit up the fin. Uh, the fin is a design feature of our new facility, which splits our entire building right down the middle. And we lit up the fin for the holidays in memory of everyone honored through our Love Light program, along with the trees in the main lobby and clinic. If you wish to memorialize a loved one who has passed or honor a special friend or family member who is still living, please visit our Love Light page. The link is provided in the description. We'll be right back with a wrap up of the year that was 2020 right after this. At Gunderson, we're committed to providing safe ways to connect you to the health care you need. Whether it's by your side or through virtual options, we're here for you when you need us. Gunderson Health System, we're bringing love plus medicine to you. Hey, welcome back. Um, So the end of the year is almost upon us, and um, boy, what a year it was. Um, There was not a part of our lives that wasn't affected in some way by the pandemic. Um, And I know that we'll look back on this uh, year as a defining year, uh, one way or another. Um, I personally saw a lot of really great people go through a really tough time and come out of the end of it exhausted, but with the same level of passion for caring for people that they went into it with. Um, Our team, you know, they faced the unknown. They evolved to continue to provide care. Um, And they never really stopped thinking about the patient and about our community and about how everyone was coping. Um, Not only did we... Handle the pandemic, but we moved into our highly anticipated new facility, um, tore down the old building, and dealt with all of the challenges and changes that um, doing that brings, particularly when you're in a pandemic. Um, and although we're not out of the woods yet, I don't think that there is another team of people that I would like to walk through the woods with than the people that are here at Gunness St. Joe's. So, uh, so until next year, take care. Out of the dark to the light, I gotta stand up and fight. Cause our battle scars make us who we are. Money does not equal well, gotta believe in myself.